Grandma, is dinner almost ready? Okay, I just need to stir this for another five minutes and let it simmer and uh, add some seasoning. I need to grab my lemon garlic seasoning and my eggs. Um, let's see, where did I put those? Um, Jeffrey, did you not get the lemon garlic seasoning and eggs? Oh, damn it. Sorry, Grandma, I forgot. Who's that? Hi, uh, I'm here with Instacart. Instacart? What's Instacart? Instacart is awesome. Uh, we have multiple stores available, and you can shop all your favorites on a single order. Oh, what order? What do you mean? Well, we offer groceries. You can get any kind of groceries you like. From the grocery store? Yeah. And the products you love from local stores are hand-selected by shoppers for your preference. You mean to tell me you could get my groceries and I don't have to leave my house? Well, sure. We, we can deliver to your door in as fast as one hour. Oh, my goodness. I wish I would have known about this earlier. My grandson is so unreliable. Yeah, he's doing his best. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. Save money? I like to save money. I'm a coupon lady, you know. That's awesome. You can usually find everything and buy it and get as smart suggestions for new items. Really? How do I go about doing this? Well, you can download the Instacart app. It is an app. Well, yeah, of course. It's an app for everything nowadays. Yeah, we pick the finest produce and keep your eggs safe, too. Oh, my. You even get eggs? Of course. Yeah, you can get anything you like. Is it too late to do this now? Because I'm presenting dinner to my family shortly. No, it's never too late. Following the link in the show notes lets Instacart know we sent you and help support our show. Oh, this is just fantastic. I'm going to go download the app now and get the groceries that Jeffrey forgot to get earlier. Yeah. Download the Instacart app today. Oh, I will. Thank you, stranger. How did you get in my house, by the way? <laughs> the back window was open. <laughs> oh, that's not good. JP, we're back. All right. We got a new segment that we're excited for the listeners to hear. It's, uh, it's actually the listeners themselves. They're calling in, leaving little audio clips for us to review. They're um, reviewing our episode and I'm reviewing our podcast. And giving us some input and some feedback. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice to hear from you guys. Uh, been a long time coming. We've been asking to get some, some feedback, and here it is. I'm, I'm glad to hear from them. Let's go to that clip now. All right. Hello, this is Alvin, Alvin Waters. I just wanted to call and do my little review on the podcast because I've been listening uh, since the beginning back in January and I'm a big fan of the podcast and I really like the Wee Man episode about the Mandela Effect. Um, I have a fun Mandela Effect that I picked up on from one of my favorite snacks is uh, Tostino Pizza Rose. Uh, everyone says this Tostinos Pizza Rose, but it's actually Totinos. There's no toast uh, in the name. It's, I, thought, I just thought that was really weird. Anyway, keep up the good work, uh, JP and E. Willie. Uh, it's really exciting to hear you guys uh, uh, getting all these interesting guests on. And uh, if you guys um, are ever hiring for any kind of uh, assistance or whatever, um, let me know, because I would love to be a part of the, the podcast. Uh, all right, thanks. 
Peace out. Ham and cheese sandwiches are the best. Hey, E. Willie and JP. This is Paul Hudson. When E. Willie told me y'all were doing the Truth or Theory podcast, I was pretty pumped up. I love a good conspiracy theory. And right out of the gate, you came up with one that I didn't even consider with the moon landing and managed to raise some doubts that I didn't even think were possible. A few episodes later, with the 9-11 conversation, even though it was brief, it still made me take a dive that I didn't think was possible. I thought that issue was just black and white. But I'm not going to lie, I watched about 30 minutes of YouTube videos that night after I heard that episode. And I have to say, it's uh, very interesting. And uh, I'm going to probably look into that a little bit more. The range of topics y'all cover have also been impressive and very interesting. There's some episodes I didn't personally have an interest in, but found myself drawn in nonetheless. So I have to say I'm looking forward to every new episode and every new topic, even if it's something that I'm not normally interested in or know very little about. You guys managed to make it interesting and educate me a little bit, which is uh, fantastic. You guys have made a faithful listener out of me, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Can't wait to see where the Truth or Theory podcast will shine the light next. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all keep up the good work. Hey there, Don J.P. and E. Willie on the Truth and Theory podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is Clyde uh, Thibodeau. I'm a big fan, and I've been listening for the last couple episodes. I'm down here in Louisiana, and uh, I, I had a conspiracy I would like you guys to talk about that always puzzled me. It's the one that all these people nowadays got their, their peanut allergies and their crustacean allergies. None of that shit was around when I was younger. I want to know where the hell this is coming from. I don't buy it. I think it's a bunch of baloney, and I just don't believe it. I think it's the government that put the GMOs in the food. And they're making people have allergies that don't even exist. Let me know if y'all want to do a, a podcast on that. I'd be happy to come on and be the guest now, yeah. You, you let me know. Clyde, this is Clyde. All right. Bye-bye now. Yeah, keep up the good work. Oh, that was great listening from everybody. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Alvin. Alvin was good stuff. I uh, he's I don't even know what to say about the guy. He's, yeah, he sounds a little different, but I uh, I appreciate his support and yeah. him calling in. Yeah, everybody's a little different. Tostinos. Uh, yeah, I think I've always said it wrong too. It's Totinos. Yeah, me that's too. That's weird. I always say Tostinos. Yep. There's a there's a Mandela effect. Sadly enough, I'm probably gonna keep saying Tostinos. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Nobody's changing. Yeah. And who was the other guys we had? We had Paul called in. Yeah, Paul. He sounds like a he's a, he's a smart dude. I can tell. I can tell he's got a he reads books. Yeah, Paul's a, a longtime friend of mine, and uh, he's somebody I think would do really well with his own podcast. And I'm trying to talk him into starting one because he's a very well-read guy and he speaks very very clear. So 
Anybody can do it. Have you mentioned uh, Buzzsprout to him? Buzzsprout is a really good platform if you want to start podcasting or if you already have a podcast. We already had a podcast with a different platform, and we were using another company that is good for starters, but if you really want to grow with your podcast, Buzzsprout's the way to go. They made it very easy for me to take the existing content that we had and transfer it over to our new account, uh, our new account with Buzzsprout, which was really cool. And everything on there is very user-friendly. They have tons of tutorials on there to go through, to watch for all your common questions and and payment methods that make it easy to get started if you don't want to commit too serious, but you still want to have a lot of library content access. Yeah, if you use Buzzsprout and you follow the the link in the show notes that we use, Buzzsprout will send you a $20 Amazon gift card when you use a paid plan, and it helps support our show. So get out there, use Buzzsprout, get started. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, there's no more excuses, guys. Get out there, start recording, and if you enjoy our show, support our show, and go to Buzzsprout. Yeah, back to Paul. Um, he's good stuff. Yeah, I talked to him on the phone recently. He's He seems super interested in what we got going on, and I'd, I'd like to possibly get him in or get, him, get a call with him and just kind of see from the outside in of, what you guys think of the show or maybe some more ideas what do you think yeah i, re- I really like his feedback too it's uh has some solid feedback if you guys can all send us a clip like that everybody will win yeah what about uh the other individual my my cajun folk mr clyde yeah Thibodeau? was it Thibodeau? yeah i think so yeah clyde he's a he's a different bird I, I like <laughs> that's a nice way to put it yeah i like uh I like to hear from the the southerners and down south. I'm surprised this thing's reached all the way down south. That's oh, awesome. Oh, dude, we're worldwide, man. I can hear everybody in the bayou screaming our name, truth or theory. Yeah. In Mexico, they're screaming truth or theory, and the UK, Damn. truth or theory. Dude, we're everywhere. We're taking over. Good. It's a household name. It's a household name. <laughs> yep. What did what was his conspiracy that he wanted to talk about? allergies oh yeah yeah yeah. crustacean yeah. allergies and peanut allergies yeah apparently he's got a little age on us so that would be huh? cool to hear more from him and yeah I, I mean i have heard of that before like they say the autism didn't used to be around as much as it is and allergies and a lot of things that seem to be more modern i guess but yeah i heard that uh i don't know how true this is but i heard that autism is as much more um common in the u.s than it is in other countries is that true I don't know. That's going to look into it now. Yeah, now we have to look into it. All right, guys. Well, on this episode, we had Daryl Marble on to talk about one of the most controversial subjects out there in conspiracy world is flat earth. And JP, you were uncomfortable the whole time, which made me very comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Made me enjoy the episode even more. But it's uh, even myself, I'm on the fence. I'm so close to becoming a flat earther, but I'm still not there yet. But uh, Daryl did a good job saying his side and giving us some more information. But it's it's a, it's some far fetched shit. It's crazy. Yeah, let's listen in, guys, because I I tried to stump him on some stuff, and he 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 came back with some uh, some good facts that twisted my brain a little bit. And I'm yeah. I'm a glober, yeah. So when he's telling me this stuff, and I cannot prove him wrong in any way, it's like Ooh, I know what, it's hard. What do you think? And I don't know <laughs> enough about either side of it, so I'm a fencer. So there you go. See what you guys are. Listen to the podcast. Let us know if he changed your mind at all or if he made you even more of a glober or even more of a flat earther. Let us know. Truth or Theory Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your audio reviews and we'll put them on there. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, buddy. Are you ready to go into the rabbit hole? We 
most bizarre theory ever proposed in the history of science. There are some of us who can leave our body. They're from other dimensions, they pop in and out. The affirmative task we have now is to actually um, create uh, uh, a new world order. All right, we got uh, Daryl Marble um, podcast tonight. We're going to be talking Flat Earth. All right, Daryl, um, we don't know much about Flat Earth, and a lot of the listeners don't either. Where do you, how do you begin to teach somebody about Flat Earth to make them a Flat Earther? Uh, well... I'd have to one. I want to get a good idea of what they believe. Like uh, if I'm talking to someone uh, for the first time, uh, trying to convey the message of flat earth, I would ask them, do they believe that the earth is a globe? And most of the time the answer is yes. Then I want to ask you why, why is it? What, what evidence have you been given to, to lead you to this conclusion? So, um, do we have any Globe Earth believers in the audience today? Between you guys. All right. Uh, I'm a Glover. <laughs> okay. All right. It, it's okay. We we all start there, <laughs> actually. Um, you know, I, I was really deep into uh, the the whole space. Uh, I used to love the space movies and all that. Um, uh, Avatar was one of my favorite movies. I used to like want to. Uh, you know, f- freeze myself cryogenically when the powers that shouldn't be destroy Earth and then have my body move to another planet. I, I used to fantasize about all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, we all started off believing that the Earth is a globe because that's what we were taught from an early age. So uh, I would have to ask you, what is it that has led you to believe that the Earth is a globe? What what evidence, what proofs, what, what's your strongest reason for having that belief? <laughs> well, uh, th- there's. I feel like there's a lot more evidence up until recently that the Earth is red, and uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just what uh, what you've always believed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Solid evidence. Solid evidence, like uh, <laughs> like uh, how, how the sun goes around the Earth and the other planets and uh, th- things like that. Okay. Day and night and seasons and yeah, you know, Daryl, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. Uh, I got some fan questions here. One of the few things I've heard is uh, moon phases. How is that Mm -hmm. explained? Uh, Solar eclipse, and uh, I can't think of a third thing. There was a third thing that sounded interesting. But uh, for right now, can you explain to Globers how the moon phases plays into it and the lunar eclipse? Uh, as far as the moon phases, me me personally, I no, I, I can't exactly explain that. Uh, the composition of the moon, I could tell you that the moon is not what we've been told. The distance of the moon, uh, 238,000 miles away from the Earth, I don't believe that um, because uh, there's been points where I've actually, my, I myself have taken a powerful camera, a Nikon P900, and zoomed into a tree line that was only about two and a half miles away. Uh, and then I would zoom back in and then tilt my camera upward and zoom in on the moon. I could pick up way more detail on the moon than I could that tree line in the distance. Now, 
I'm not saying that the moon is two and a half miles up. I'm, I'm not saying that that's the elevation of the moon. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that it's rather odd that we're able to zoom in on the moon with that much detail. Uh, if we were here, if I had some kind of presentation set up, I'd go ahead and share my screen and show you all this, but you can zoom in on the moon and get incredible detail. I have videos on my YouTube channel. Channel's title is D Marble, by the way. And, um, you know, uh, I, I show videos of that. Uh, the phases? No. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how the moon phases work. Um, let me see. What was what was that as far as uh, solar and lunar eclipses? Um, we would have to go back to the size, the distance of the sun and moon. Um, we're told that the sun is 400 times larger than Earth, that it's 93 million miles away. We're told that the moon is four times smaller than the earth and that's 238,000 miles away and yet when we look into the sky whenever you see a full moon uh it looks like it's about the same size as the sun if you ever um watch the sun set in the evening in the early morning and in the evening you can look directly at the sun and you can see this circular disc looking object in the sky and they the sun and the moon they're the same size so what happens is the sun actually makes a clockwise circuit around the North Pole. So what I want you to do is um, picture picture a plate, <laughs> okay, or the face of a watch. That, that, that'll work better. Picture the face of a watch, and you have the minute hand that goes around a lot faster than uh, the hour hand. And that's, that's pretty much how it works with the, um, the little uh, dial that holds the... Uh, hands in place in the center that's the north pole so the sun and the moon they make a clockwise circuit around the north pole the sun travels faster than the moon um so every now and then what happens and you can watch uh, time-lapse footage of solar eclipses where the sun passes uh before or behind the moon that is um and uh that, that, that's a result of how that works out. Now, another odd thing about those uh, eclipses is that during an eclipse, you know, or like the days before and after, the moon is always, it's always uh, transparent. You, you can't see the moon approaching the sun uh, because it goes into the new moon phase, as it were. Um, but... Yeah, it, the way that I perceive it, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong about this aspect of uh, the, the eclipses, um, I would say that the sun and the moon, they're both lights in the sky. The sun puts off a warm orange, um, warm light, okay, and the moon puts off an opposite light. It, it's, it's a light that is emitted from the moon that actually makes things colder and if you think about this in the evenings when you have a sunset and the sky is moderately clear you can tell it's going to be a cold night and i used to believe that it was because there was no clouds blocking the cold air coming down from space is what i used to believe but whereas now 
I've actually tested the moon uh, and it's the properties of its light where the result was after I got these objects on one side. So the, the experiment with the moon was I have four objects and I have the same four objects on uh, another side of a like a table. OK, so I have this have this. Uh, this this platform a few feet above the ground. I set a piece of um, wood in between these two, these two sets of objects. The objects that I leave in the moonlight, directly receiving light from the moon, and then on the other side, they're in the shade. So the moon moonlight isn't directly um, hitting them. Um, the objects that were receiving direct moonlight, they always came out colder. And I, I got a, a laser thermometer. I've done this multiple times. Every time the stuff in the um, in the shade is always warmer. H have you ever heard about that? No, no, that's uh, honestly. I not want to thought about that. Well, well, it, it's it, I I can tell you there's been a lot of people who've um, done videos about that. Like I said, I, I've done a couple of them. Um, I have a, a playlist on my channel called Evidence for a Flat Earth. And that's one of the experiments that I do. I've, I've done a few experiments, actually. But, um, yeah, the, the moon, the eclipses. Uh, let me see. So so I'll say a kind of blind spot of mine is the eclipses and the moon phases. I'm not exactly sure how those work. There's been people who have uh, filmed these translucent bodies in the sky around the time of an eclipse. And, I mean, there was this guy, he was on an airplane during an eclipse, and he has a camera facing out of the window, pointed towards the sun, and you could see these other, like, it, there were four or five other little orbs in the sky around the same time. No idea what the heck they were, but they were um, apparent on that video. So, if we're talking about flat Earth, we got to start with what makes the Earth a globe. And the uh, thing that will make the Earth a globe is uh, detectable spin, or detectable motion, that is, and measurable curvature. I lean towards the aspect of measurable curvature because we've been given a, a, an equation from the globe model, okay? Because apparently over 2,000 years ago, Eratosthenes um, did an experiment wherein he realized that the sun was uh, above this well at a certain time of the year, and at the same time, um, in a town uh, maybe 500 miles away, uh, the the shadow there was no shadow going down the well. So he's in a town 500 miles away. It was Alexander Alexandria and Syene, and he's looking at the length of the shadows from one place from this place in the distance to where the sun is above as well so he says okay so um given this time of year um i'm going to put a stick in the ground here i'm going to have a buddy of mine um make sure that the shadow is in one spot and then i'm going to go to this other town 500 miles away and you know measure the shadow from there put some equations together and we're going to figure out the circumference of the earth and that that was the Eratosthenes famous sticks and shadows experiment where we're told that he proved the globe with that. But 
in recent years, you, and there's video of this, Neil deGrasse Tyson admitted that this um, that experiment would work on a globe with a sun that's 400 times the size of the Earth, 93 million miles away, and it would also work on a flat Earth with a sun that's small and local. So it could it could work on either model. I believe that the sun is small and local because I actually took a trip to Alaska um, a couple years back during summer solstice. Um, how, how, how are we doing? Where, where, where are you guys at? You got any questions? I'm just going to end up. Yeah. I'll just go all yeah. day. I wanna, What's up? Yeah, I want to jump in real quick. I kind of kind of jumped the gun with the episode. And uh, went straight into the deep end. Uh, I want to introduce you more, and I want you to explain to our listeners who Daryl Marble is, how you got into Flat Earth, and your whole background. Okay. Um, well, my name is Daryl Marble. I'm a ex-U.S. Army soldier. I've been, I guess, what, what would be called a Flat Earther for about five years now, since the uh, summer of 2015. And I came across Flat Earth um, due to myself and my ex-girlfriend watching uh, a bunch of stuff on YouTube to a point to where we got burned out. So we decided to watch this show on Netflix named Under the Dome. Uh, it was a ABC, an ABC series about a small town. There's this uh, invisible dome created over the town. And uh, it went on for three seasons. It was an interesting show, but it got kind of weird during that last season. So uh, that ended. We watched all three seasons of it. And uh, we go back on YouTube and we type in Under the Dome, I guess looking for uh, bloopers or, you know, extras from the series or whatever. And what we found was a video titled Under the Dome, except the thumbnail had a picture of the Earth and it looked like. Uh, it was a circular, circular Earth. There was a dome over it. There was water leaking over the edge, and it was like floating through space. So I click on that video, and it was a compilation of uh, what's called Flat Earth Clues by this guy named Mark Sargent. So in the first few seconds of watching that, this guy says, uh, this video is a breakdown of some of the more interesting points surrounding Flat Earth Theory. So that, that was actually my first time hearing about Flat Earth from that. And, uh, you know, by the time we had got around to that video, we had already watched so many other um, so many other videos, done so much other research into things um, that didn't seem right about the world. Um, you know, 9-11, how that, you know, the different aspects of that that didn't make any sense. Uh, three towers coming down at free fall speed when there were only two airplanes, you know, um, one one of the planes dissolving yeah. into the Pentagon, yeah. uh, things like that. Um, you know, the BBC saying, uh, yeah, we're, we're reporting live and uh, yeah. it would seem that World Trade Center uh, building number seven has fallen, except the building was in the background during the newscast and she reported that building seven had fallen 20 minutes before it actually fell so you know we we you know went from there and got mm. into a bunch of other stuff that's a real video <laughs> yeah just we, so we we started uh looking at a bunch of other stuff like well 
what else is going on? And then we're like, okay, so maybe the government's kind of corrupt. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just a few of them. Maybe they <laughs> misled us on yeah. some things. So yeah. we got into all that. And, um, you know, by the time we had came across flat earth, we're like, yeah, they're, they're probably lying about that too. Now, now that I think about it, you know, cause it only takes a little bit of time. Um, uh, a lot of people figure this out. Uh, we're talking about flat earth again. A lot of people figure this out after they, um, come across information that's relevant to them. Uh, some people need, uh, you know, different, different amounts of information. It didn't take much for us because we already had that distrust for the government anyway. And, uh, it's NASA.gov, by the way, you check the website. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of how we came into this thing. And um, the way that I became known, I guess, was from an experiment that I did um, for a small group of people on Facebook. Small group of people on Facebook. There was a small group that I joined called Flat Earth No Trolls. So I joined this group and uh, I was, you know, pretty excited to be communicating with other flat earthers because there didn't there weren't as many back then as there are now uh, it's a growing movement and that's awesome uh, so i did an experiment i had an idea uh to take a level onto a plane <laughs> onto an airplane and uh i hadn't heard of anybody else doing this i thought it might be a simple way to prove that airplanes don't fly along the curvature of the earth because you know if the earth is a ball and gravity is pulling everything in to the center of mass from all directions right that's what we're told um and if there actually is uh, a degree of curvature as we've been told at which was established by Eratosthenes they've determined that the earth is 24,901 miles uh, in circumference okay that's fine so there's a formula to calculate the curvature of the earth which is 8 inches per mile squared and uh, we've used that formula time and time again to disprove the idea that there is actually measurable curvature and what i did on that flight you know i took the uh took the uh information from the airplane i was on an a321 airbus the uh, cruising speed is 515 miles per hour and from that what i did i put my level on the tray table front to back I uh, set up a camera to do a time lapse of the level um, flush, you know, where the bubbles centered, right? So I, I do that time lapse, 23 minutes, 45 seconds, and that means that the airplane traveled a distance of 203.85 miles. Now, according to the spherical trigonometry, the calculation to determine the Earth's curvature the airplane during that amount of time should have had to dip the nose to compensate for over five miles of curvature. But it, the level showed that the bubble was centered pretty much the whole time. And you know how a level works. You know, if, if the airplane were dipping downward, the bubble would have been further towards the rear. And if the nose were up, then the bubble would have been more towards the front. But uh, that that never happened. You know, the bubble moved a little bit. I won't say it stayed perfectly still. I might have bumped the tray table or, you know, it might have might have tilted up or down a little bit. But the, but in order to get from one place to another, from point A to point B, an airplane 
has to maintain a constant dipping because curvature, according to the globe model, is apparent in every direction, regardless of where you are on the Earth, you know? So there was that. Um, I took that time lapse. I put it together. I uploaded the video to my YouTube channel. I had about 27 subscribers. And like within weeks, the video had gone viral. Um, some guy that I used to work with, uh, he, he's got a job somewhere else. He tells me that he actually put the video on, um, on 4chan and started a thread about it. And, you know, that, that some way or another, that video got to, uh, IFL science, I effing love science. Um, they did an article about it and so many other, uh, news outlets online, they did stories about the experiment, and they linked the video, and they called me all kinds of names, <laughs> you know, and tried to make me look crazy, <laughs> you know. So, so uh, to this day, that video has over 1.2 million views on it, and um, that that experiment that was awesome. something that a lot, um, that experiment that was something that a lot of people hadn't seen, and uh, I mean that even. I was interviewed by ABC Nightline <laughs> because of that, you know, um, they came out to the first international flat earth conference and, uh, you know, I was one of the speakers and, you know, I ended up chatting with ABC news about it. They ran that, ran that story on ABC Nightline three times at least. Um, but seeing as how the airplane did not <laughs> do what it could to compensate for the curvature that pretty much, you know, sealed it for a lot of people like, OK, what's going on here? You know, because if 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 it's a globe, there's got to be curvature somewhere. Doesn't gravity come into play with that? Because, I mean, if if gravity holds the same in all directions. Well, well, see, that's the thing. You know, uh, we don't really believe in gravity. You know, there's no there's no need for that. To, to come into play here because we understand that okay uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson again he, he's one of the arch nemeses of the flat earth community he took his mic and he dropped it in order to prove gravity right but what if he had a helium balloon in his hand and then he let it go so the balloon we know the helium balloon is going to go up so does that mean that the helium balloon is an anti-gravity device? I don't think so. But what what what's at play here is molecular density, okay? Because um, the microphone dropped out of Neil's hand because of the medium that surrounds it. See, so it's about density and buoyancy. Because the microphone is more dense than the uh, the air that surrounds it, you just drop it. The microphone is going to fall, but Helium on a molecular level is less dense than oxygen, so the helium balloon ends up floating. Just like a hot air balloon, what happens is when um, you have a hot air balloon, you, you shoot all that fire into the balloon, it fills up with the hot air. Now what happens is the oxygen molecules, they spread out, m becoming less dense, and they cause that balloon to float. That, that's, that's all this is, you know, how, how closely packed are the molecules? That's that's what makes things uh, go up and down. 
some people say electromagnetism some way or another, but um, that's that's in another in another format. You know, we don't all have the same ideas. I still say it's molecular density, but then I look at gravity and what it's supposed to be. Um, so on Earth, what we're told is that gravity causes everything to be pulled towards the center of mass. Okay, so out in space, gravity doesn't quite work the same, you know, because um, if, if the most massive object is uh, pulling smaller objects towards it, then, I mean, there, there's, there's uh, let me see, I, I forget the sizes of the planets. I've talked about this stuff so much. Like, why hasn't the Earth pulled the moon into it just yet? You know, the moon is always like orbiting Earth, according to the globe model. It's just orbiting Earth. You know, here on Earth, the Earth's gravitation is so powerful that it's just pulling trillions of tons of water <laughs> from the oceans and keeping them fixed to the exterior of a spinning ball. But uh, the, the moon, some way or another, its gravity is stronger than the Earth's gravity, so it affects the tides, you know. That, that, that's another one of those things like the earth, the earth the earth's tides are connected are um affected by the moon's gravity the gravitational pull of the moon affects the water on earth so you're telling me that from 238,000 miles away where the moon is the gravity from the moon is stronger than the gravity of earth you see what i mean it, like it, it everything doesn't quite it doesn't yeah. quite make sense so here everything's being pulled towards the center of mass and out in space gravity just makes stuff orbit around other things you know right okay that's who you're saying hey daryl i'm gonna uh cut the video feed off because i think it's making the call a little slower okay we're still here there was about a five second delay so i didn't want have any um, any reasons to truly believe the globe because i just don't trust the government i don't trust what we've been fed so much stuff that just doesn't work out. So I'm um I'm pretty pretty much on the minutes. I, unless uh the globe wants to sponsor this podcast, I really don't have any faith in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So um yeah, I'm I'm pretty easy to convince. You just gotta say a few big words that I can't spell and then I'm on board. Um, um, but JP's oh. he's definitely skeptic on this one. So uh, I'm no, gonna it, lead him with the questions on. Oh, okay. Well, my, my thing is, um, I try to uh, take a really simplistic approach to uh, talking flat earth with people, and uh, it kind of gets on people's nerves. But that's why a lot of people believe in the globe in the first place, because, you know, you, you have to have an advanced degree in astrophysics to understand, you know, the globe model completely, you have to have, you know, uh, a you know this this certification and all, all that to understand gravity and, and all you know but whereas on a on a flat earth or the way that we understand it's like we can trust our senses now i mean from a from a really simple from a really simple standpoint um I'm pretty sure you've had a time where you've had you know been standing outside on a nice calm day there's no breeze you know the wind's not blowing at all and then you just i mean can can you you can feel you can feel the stillness you can feel it you know what it feels like when you're actually moving but 
you're being told that the surface of the earth is moving over a thousand miles per hour. That's faster than the speed of sound. How 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 do we not feel that? How do you how do you not feel you moving faster than the speed of sound? You know, in in, in excess of, of the speed of sound. Yeah, I, I feel like it. I feel like it kind of ties into like a, like traveling in a car or traveling in a plane, like you said it. I mean, in an airplane, you're going, what, 500 miles an hour? Sure. But you feel like you're just sitting, sure. just sitting there. Yeah. And, and well, on the airplane, it's different because, one, um, when you're standing inside an airplane, um, the airplane is, one, only going in one direction. So there there's that difference that the airplane is traveling just typically in a straight line unless you have to make you can't even really make a sharp turn in an airplane and then you would feel it for sure but you don't really feel it because you're traveling in a constant one one direction according to the globe model we're moving in like four different directions at speeds that you can't even fathom so one there's the the rotation of the earth over a thousand miles per hour and then you have the orbiting of the Earth around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. So the Earth is spinning and orbiting around the sun 67,000 miles per hour. The sun is pulling the whole solar system at uh, like 450,000 miles per hour. And then the whole solar system is moving in a whole nother direction at you know, 515,000 miles per hour. So, I mean, we're, we're, this is movement in four different directions. You don't feel any of it. So it's not exactly, it's not exactly like an airplane. And then you have to consider, um, standing on the surface of the earth as opposed to standing inside an airplane. What is, I got to ask you, what is the physical barrier surrounding the earth that's keeping you from feeling the external forces you see around the earth there is no there's no physical there's no physical barrier you know what i mean daryl what do you think um is the purpose for them lying to us about globe versus the the actual shape of the earth and everything what do you think is behind all that well, the the benefit of it, for starters, is uh, you know NASA as a uh, the premier space agency. The NASA's budget currently is pulling them around fifty eight million dollars a day. So there's that. <laughs> that that's a that's a reason. I, I I'd imagine a lot of people would. I'd, I'd imagine a lot of people would tell some lies for fifty eight million dollars. Period. But fifty eight million dollars a day. Yeah, I, I think that would that would be a good incentive to uh, keep everybody fooled about this stuff. Um, you know, why else? Well, people would figure out the the shape of the Earth, and they would understand that the Earth is a giant energy generator. Okay, there's there's um, energy everywhere on, on different levels, and Nikola Tesla figured that out how to pull energy from the air, and he, he t- was able to tap into that. So if people figured out that the Earth isn't what we've been told, uh, you know, little speck of dust out on the edge of a meaningless galaxy that derived from a godless Big Bang, 
if people understood that the that the earth was what it is, then you know the power industries would fall apart. The world governments would fall apart if everybody realized that the educational system, that the governments were complicit in lying to them about the shape of the earth. Um, who benefits from it? Uh, well, NASA, like I said, but then there there are people who control NASA. Um, you can call them call them the uh, Illuminati, the Cabal, uh, the Jesuits, uh, Zionists, what who whatever you want to call them. But you know there there are people behind that who don't want everybody to know uh, that this place w- was not an accident. You know, and, and that's uh, a lot of uh, what's what's being pushed right now. This idea that life is meaningless, that we don't have any purpose, that it's it's useless, that you know it, it takes a it takes a hit on your self esteem when you believe that this whole this whole situation that we find ourselves in all started from an explosion out of nothing that, you know, the, the, the a small pea size of matter exploded at one point and then expanded and gravity took over at some point and caused all the planets to coalesce. And then they cooled and, you know, life sprang out of the primordial ooze and we evolved from monkeys and all that bull crap. When you believe that stuff, <laughs> it brings you to a point. It brings you to a point to where you know you don't you don't have much, um, you know, much value for yourself or your life, and in turn, you know, you you look at that as a truth. So you don't really value other people's lives either, you know. So, so I mean that you know it, it just goes a into a lot. It goes into a lot of different aspects as to why they would lie about it. I mean, you know, you just think about why anybody would lie about anything. Obviously, you're wanting to cover something up. They're lying about something, you know? Yeah, yeah. These are the things that the government does lie about, a lot of things, a lot of endless presidencies, and there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Daryl, do you know much about the ice wall with the flat earth mindset and um, all the, the shittiness that goes on with Antarctica being protected and by United Nations where you can't travel there, you can't explore there? Can you talk on that? Well, as far as Antarctica, um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are different factions within the flat earth community. I, I myself, I prescribe to, yeah, I, I actually do believe that there's an ice wall out there and it just stands to reason, uh, based on some of the, you know, some, some of the, not even deep research. You don't even have to research very deep on, on some of this stuff. Um, the Antarctica don't, don't know if you knew this, but has the, uh, highest average elevation. And um, what that what comes from is like, okay, here let me let me go let me go go to one thing. I want to tell you about my trip to Alaska. All right, so I went to Alaska during summer solstice a couple years ago, and I I went there um, with the intent to prove that the sun makes a clockwise circuit around the face of the Earth, like I've seen in um, certain digital models online, and 
what I did, I went during the time of that 24-hour sunlight. Have you guys ever seen that 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 whole phenomenon where it's just 24 hours of day? Have you seen that? I've heard stuff like that with Alaska, but I don't know much about it. Okay. Uh, well, I went there back in 2018 and uh, took my camera with me. A friend of mine hung out with me for about three days, and I got two 24-hour time lapses of the sun actually making a clockwise circuit, just like uh, in the flat earth model. And what I did, I also have a video about this. Uh, I document all my stuff and I'll put it out for the community uh, to consume or for uh, globe trolls to pick apart however they can. Um, what, what globe I, trolls, I like that. Yeah, man. Uh, there's a lot of them, I can tell you that. Um, one, one of those... Well, what I did when I went to Alaska, it's like I um, had a had an app called uh, Dioptra, and it's like you can turn on this app, and you know how you can um, turn on the camera on your phone, and it'll show what direction you're facing. Uh, what that what that app right. does, it it'll show your and that's called the azimuth. Like if you're looking. 120 degrees in this direction and then you turn around you're at 240 degrees it shows as you move around so i took pictures um of the sun circling around us using that app and just as sure as the day is long yeah there was a point where you know those i mean i figured it out halfway through i'm like oh my god the sun actually is making a clockwise circuit like what it was I mean, I was like freaking out because I had never seen anything like that. Um, so what happens is during the summer months, OK, the sun makes a clockwise circuit and the sun is um, making its circuit closer to the center, to the North Pole. Actually, here, let me see now. I've got something for this. Uh, give me a second. Give me a second. I just wanted to read something yeah. off real quick. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let me see. All right. So, so what what happens? <laughs> June solstice. Uh, the sun's position. Um. It's like I said, makes a clockwise circuit. The sunlight uh, shows the inside of the Arctic Circle. That's why they think about why they call it that. The Arctic Circle has 24-hour sunlight from June 1st, and from June 1st, the sun moves around the tropics in a spiral pattern, and it widens every day. So it circles further towards the exterior uh, of the flat Earth. And, uh, man, I, I wish I had video to show you. I just did a presentation about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, is that happened, on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, actually it is. Uh, it was, it's titled uh, Understanding How Seasons, Perspective, and the Sun's Movement Points to a Flat Earth. And I, I went over all this stuff um, and, and showed video from my trip to Alaska and some other observations that I've made. Um but yeah, the solstices, they, they work on the opposite. So during the summer solstice, that's when the sun is making its tightest 
circuit around the center, the North Pole Center, right? Okay, and then uh, on December 21st, the winter solstice, that's when the sun's making its further, furthermost um, circuit around the face of the Earth. So during the summertime in the northern hemisphere, um, you know, that, that's, that's why it's summertime, because the sun is circling closer to the uh, northern hemisphere where it's on, on the center. Whereas in, when it's summer in the northern hemisphere, on the southern hemisphere, like in Australia, it's actually wintertime. Where it, and, and vice versa. So when it's winter time in the U.S., for example, and you know at the same time in Australia, it's summertime because the sun is circling circling out closer to where they are. And that that's pretty much how that works. Um, uh, da, 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 da. shoot, where were we at now? I went over went over all that, and I forgot where I, that I was going to have to go back to something. Where can you remind me where we were? Uh, before I got into the movement of the sun, um, I, I drop him, but I do have another question for you if uh, if it comes. Um, sure. Explain sure. Uh, some of the, the evidence I've seen um, of flight patterns that just don't add up for the world being a and that stuff. I'm sure you have. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, we've all in the flatter community that is, we've all heard about a flight that was going from, I believe it was the Philippines to Los Angeles, something like that. And there was yeah. a lady, there was a lady who was pregnant. She um, went into labor uh, on the plane, and uh, I mean, if you're flying on a globe from the Philippines to the U.S. You know, what's what's between the Philippines and the U.S. on a globe? You know, uh, the closest place to land on a globe would be Hawaii. But rather than landing in Hawaii, they actually landed in Alaska. Yeah, that's I find that one of the most compelling things that just doesn't make sense to me. If, we're, if it's a globe, that just adds, does not add up at all. No, it's like they would have had to go really far north or go out of the way and on a globe it, it's this uh, v-shaped trajectory it's like you have to fly from the philippines fly really high north and then land at land in alaska and then fly back down south uh to la whereas on a flat earth map the azimuthal equidistant map is what it what they call it um you know it's pretty much a straight line and they landed in alaska because it was on the way right that just doesn't add up what do you think of that, JP? Uh, it's <laughs> he's struggling. I can tell. I am struggling. It's it's kind of like you're making a lot of good points, but I just feel like there's there's be some there's some reason why they would do something like that. They're just I don't know. I I'm unfamiliar with the story behind it, so it's kind of I have no reason. It's a real situation that happened. It just does not add up. Yeah, they're flying from the Philippines. They're trying to land because she's having pregnancy issues. So naturally, you'd land in Hawaii. That's the closest area. Right. But they shoot up all the way to Alaska. It's so strange. Yeah. You look at the map on the globe. Yeah. It just doesn't add up why you would fly that, that far out of the way if, if it's an emergency landing. Right. And I mean, yeah, I, I, that. Yeah. I, I've looked up, I've looked up, um, you know, a few, a few flights that 
you know, were like in the southern hemisphere. It's always the flights in the southern hemisphere that don't seem to make any sense. Um, but when you add them, when you when you plot in those same points on a flat Earth map, it's usually a straight line, like um, you know, going from uh, Perth, Australia, to like uh, Nairobi, Africa, you know, something like that. You know, you'll have to make a stop in uh, Mumbai, <laughs> you know, on the way. And, and on a globe, it just looks like you you have to, you know, like I said, shoot straight up. You have to, you know, fly fly up north for a few hours and then fly back down south for a little bit. But on a flat Earth map, it's like a straight line. Um, and you know, they just they just try to confuse you on these flights, man. Uh, they'll shut off the GPS where you can't really track it. Um, you know, people are sleeping on the flights. You know, especially these long international flights, they have layovers in different areas, and uh, different uh, crews will come onto the airplanes and all that, and they just kind of keep everything compartmentalized, so people don't really pick up on it. But there's there there are also there's also videos of pilots uh, talking about flat Earth coming out and just admitting, yeah, I don't you know that they don't um, make up for any curvature during flight. Um, they ask the airplane pilots how far can they see. And they're talking about how they can see, you know, hundreds of miles away, and that they probably shouldn't be able to see that that far away if they were on a globe. You know, it, it's it, it's a lot. There, there's actually a lot of uh, evidence for flat Earth. You, you gotta you gotta take a look at some of this stuff, JP. I'll tell you what, man. Um, let me tell you about an experiment that I did. Uh, there was me okay. and a buddy. Of me and a buddy of mine, this guy Mark, um, he's a flat earther. He works he works at the same place that I do. So we were talking. He's got a laser that has a range of 12 and a half miles, right? Uh, got a blue laser, 12 and a half mile range. So I'm in uh, Tacoma, Washington, and there's this, you know, this body of water called the Puget Sound. And my thing and uh, people probably get tired of me saying this, is um, the Earth's surface, if you type it into Google, the Earth's surface is 71% water. And what I say is bodies of water don't curve, meaning that uh, bodies bodies of water, not not single droplets. I know droplets, they're, they're round or spherical when they drop. But when you put enough droplets together, you know, they all pool up, and then on the surface of that water, the water always, you know, displays a level surface, right? So I say bodies of water don't curve, meaning uh, ponds, puddles, pools, uh, lakes, rivers, oceans, okay? The horizon's always level. Bodies of water don't curve. So that means that the earth is flat. So what what I did, uh, I got with Mark one day. We went out to the Puget Sound, and we found two areas that were 10.3 miles apart. He was at Point Defiance, um, Point Defiance uh, Zoo at Owen Beach, <laughs> at Owen Beach on the boardwalk with his laser, and I was at Saltwater State Park in Des Moines, Washington, 10.3 miles away across this water. And what happened? He said his laser, he said his laser on the uh, on the boardwalk on the concrete there and he pointed it to where i was at on the beach uh at saltwater state park i had my camera at a height of about three about three feet 
above the uh, surface of the water, right? So I had I, I was doing a live stream. There was like 150 people on this live stream when we were doing this. He turns on the laser. It's it's you know let's say let's say the laser's 10 feet above the surface of the water because the tide was going or uh, coming back in. So he had to keep the laser above the water. So the tide's in, high tide. He's got the laser 10 feet above the surface of the water. My camera is on the other side, 10.3 miles away at three feet above the ground. And I was able to see the origin source of that laser from 10.3 miles away. Now, the weird thing about okay now now let me ask you guys real quick do you believe that lasers <laughs> actually fire in a straight line yes or no yes oh okay have you ever known for a laser to bend have you ever heard of that uh no i'd say no okay so very very good I don't I don't believe lasers bend either. I've never seen it. That's not how lasers work as far as I know. Photons of light travel in a straight path. Okay? So he turns on his laser. I can see that thing from 10.3 miles away. The height of the laser is 10 feet. The height of my camera is 3 feet. You know there was supposed to be 70.85 feet of curvature between the two of us. According to spherical trigonometry, the, the equation that was given to us by the trusted scientific community, 10.3 miles away, that was supposed to equate to 70 feet of curvature between the two of us. Okay? There was supposed to be 70 feet of bulging water between the two of us. And yet, I could see his laser. There was a point where I had the my, I was doing a live stream from my phone, and I took my phone and I put that thing almost in the water and I could still see the laser, the source of his laser from 10 miles away. And that, that was, and I was able to see that laser due to direct line of sight because bodies of water don't curve. Right. Now, does that let make me ask sense? you this. So if, if, if you're late, now if late in there, your board, like okay, two, three you, feet away from you, you broke pressure, up. You, bro you broke up for a second. Okay. All right, you broke up for yeah. a second. Okay, start uh -oh. over. My fault. So now let's say you're ten feet in the air. So you hold up your board three feet from that laser, ten feet in the air. It's gonna hit that dot. So now if you take that board ten miles away, it should hit on that dot from ten miles away. Sure. Earth is flat. Uh, okay. okay, yeah, but if the Earth is a globe, I shouldn't have been, even been able to see the light from the laser ten miles away. That's that's the thing. See, when you look at a globe, a picture a picture of a globe Earth, you're gonna see two colors. The more prevalent color is gonna be blue, and that blue color represents water. And what they're telling you about this ball is that water maintains a constant bulge. With that laser and that camera that day, we tested that bulge. And the surface of water, it was, it was level because we were able to actually see that laser from that distance. That's, that's, the, that's the issue. Right. That's the issue with the lack of curvature. 
But I felt like you can, like, people can see further than 10 miles. Like, you can see further than 10 miles out into the ocean. You can see 60 miles, even if on a super clear day. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that, like, you can see an island, you know, 60 miles away. But but also, like, if you watch a, like, a boat go off in the distance into the ocean, eventually that boat is going to disappear. You see it drop lower and lower and lower. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what I mean. So, uh, okay, okay, that sense, but it, I feel like you can just see further than that. Yeah, you, you can. That and here, that's the thing. According to the globe model, they're supposed to be a geometric horizon. That's the thing, and and mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to be there because that's what they told us. You know, that they, they say, look, if you're um, if your observer height is 12 inches above the ground, then the horizon should be about a mile away. Okay. Whereas if you stand, stand up, uh, your height heights about five, nine, um, from your eye, your observer height, uh, you look off into the distance and the horizon, uh, is supposed to end at about three and a half miles, something like that. But it's not, it's not a geometric horizon. It's an apparent horizon because what happens when that boat goes off into the distance with my camera, that Nikon P 900, I could zoom into that boat and pull it right back into view. Once it's gone away from your, uh, your, your normal vision, visual range, because you can only see so far without assistance from, you know, uh, binoculars, uh, a high-powered camera, or a telescope, something like that, to to help you see further. But you know, there's always the issue is that as things get further away from you, they always become smaller. That doesn't necessarily mean that they went over the curvature. Just like you can be standing on a long on a highway, and it, this highway is flat for ten miles. Okay. And you're standing on this highway at night and there are uh, street lights. Each, each of these street lights on either side of the road is 50 feet tall and separated by about 50, you know, about 100 feet. So you're looking at the obviously the uh, street light that's closest to you. It's going to be higher. And then as you look further, you know, the next one is going to look like it's lower on the horizon. down, and, and it just continues that way going to look like all the lights are going down but that's not exactly what's going on and you're, you're just going to lose visuals of the furthest you know the lights that are 10 miles away and it's just going to look like that they uh you know they set but that's like standing in a long hallway you know it's it's about the way your eyes work you know it's about perspective that, that's that's what the issue is you know being being in a, in a, in a long hallway if you imagine yourself standing at the end of a long hallway, you see, uh, you look down to the end of the hallway, it looks like a little bitty square, right? But you know that at the end of the hallway, right. it's the same as where you're standing, but it looks like the walls are going inward, it looks like the floor is going upward, and it looks like the ceiling's going downward. And what that is, it's like your vision, um, it, it, it's, it's kind of cone-shaped, and everything goes into the vanishing point off in the distance from wherever you're looking. 
That's why you had to do that one uh, point perspective. You remember in art class in high school, you had to do that point perspective uh, art project where you drew a dot and then you had to draw all the converging lines on the street, the sidewalks and uh, the buildings and all that. They all point towards that. Did, did you do that in high school? Right. To, to kind of create like a, a 3D. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you you and you took your ruler and you made all those lines go towards the vanishing point. And they had you do that because that's a depiction of how your vision really works. And that's what happens. You know, when the boat gets further away, you know, it didn't it didn't go over the curvature. It just got further away to a point to where you couldn't see it anymore. But if you pull out a camera with a good zoom, you can get that boat right right back into view. No problem. And there's plenty of videos of people doing that. And then. When the, you know, and the boat's gone beyond, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine miles away, and you zoom back in on it, you know, it's gone over the horizon uh, from where you're supposed to be able to see according to the globe model. So it, it's, it's yeah, not, a, it's, okay. it's, it, yeah, so it's, it's not, it's not exactly about a boat, you know, it's not going over the curvature, just like, you know, if I'm in a hallway and you go walking down the hallway you know, two miles, you know, if you can imagine a two mile hallway, you don't you don't go over the curvature. You're just so far out of my view. I just can't see you anymore. It's the same thing like with the boat. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. This whole thing is so bad. It's like I, I, I don't want to believe it, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I know what, what, what you makes mean. You, since you're representing the globe, what makes you hold on to being a globe basically? Why don't you, why don't you want to just let go and fall and let me catch you? Well, that's just too much. Why would I Well, no, no, not that. I just don't like why. Be, I don't want to live on a disc in the vast nothing like it, it makes more sense to be on a planet where it makes sense and like i don't know i feel like it also ties into like a simulation and it's like we're we're just like a test or something and somebody's watching us on this somebody petri dish of let's see if we can grow life you know what i mean and we're living on this petri dish being examined i don't know it, it weirds me out i'd rather just this is just the way life is yeah, a, I think it's a it's very uncomfortable to think about it. Yeah. You're getting it. It's, it's like like you said, like the dome world, like like we're just an experiment living on a dome, and someone's just seeing how we how we turn out. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know you how you feel. In a Man, I used to be <laughs> deep into that simulation stuff, and um, I mean, you know, it, it's got its uh, it's got its points. There are there are some uh, things that make sense uh, as far as uh, the simulation idea, like, um, you know, when people in different parts of the world uh, come up with an idea, like at the same time, I've heard I've done. Um, and this was like years ago when I was looking at simulation theory, uh, you know, along those lines, it's like when inventors would come up with the same idea around the same time frame and get those things up around the same time. Like, there used to be conflicts where um, somebody would invent something and then somebody in, on a totally different place on the plane, <laughs> not planet, um, somebody on a totally different place on the plane, they would 
come up with the same invention and there will be a conflict. And what I what I believe that was was that that idea was kind of put into the ether for anyone who was open to uh, receiving that suggestion. And um, you know, I mean that that type of stuff. I don't. Know, that's kind of bizarre, honestly. So uh, yeah, I looked. At, I, I don't. I don't think it's a simulation. It might well be a testing ground uh, to figure out who can ascend to the next next dimension um you know it, it, it may very well be along the lines of the biblical aspect god put us here to test us out to see if we're worthy to move, in, move uh you know our souls into the kingdom of heaven however it goes i mean it, it's it's a tough thing to um it's a tough pill to swallow man honestly i know what you when you're like you no know, it's just easier to believe yeah. in the i, I get it because it can be scary, you know, because, like, once you come across flat Earth, it, it's one of the easiest things to prove, in my opinion. And I feel like it's easy to prove because, I mean, just just think about this. You've never felt any motion. We, we just went over that whole idea that you can see further than further than you're supposed to on a globe. You know, um, there, there's there's this guy who was taking a picture of a, the Chicago skyline from uh, from Michigan or something like that, you know, and um, the whole the like the tallest building should have been hidden by like 500 feet of curvature or something like that, you know, but the whole skyline is visible. And the guy gets up on the news and he says, what you're seeing here is a mirage. But that was debunked later because there's a guy named Rob Skiba who actually went to that place, locked his camera on the Chicago skyline, um, hopped in a boat and went across the water. And like the only thing that happened was that the skyline grew. You know, it wasn't a mirage. He was actually seeing what he was seeing, proving that there is no curvature between, you know, on that, you know, across that across Lake Michigan. And that's been proven so many different times. It's not even funny anymore. You know, it's kind of like beating a dead horse at this point. Uh, one of the more most recent ones that I saw, um, and I did a video about it, it was this guy. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Gruta One. Um, this guy waited until uh, Rock Lake was frozen. Went out on a frozen lake. This guy took four traffic cones and four really bright lights and he attached a light to the traffic cones and the lights were like about a foot above the um, base of the traffic cone right so he drives his truck across the lake eight miles he drops one light and then he drives back uh, one mile away from that drops another light and he does this with the other two lights putting a mile between each of the lights um, and then he comes back to uh, the start point eight miles away. He sits his camera on the ground and the camera is like nine inches above the surface of this frozen lake. OK, he turns his thing on and you can see all four lights. You know, you can see the one the one the light that was eight miles away. That should have been covered by 42 feet of curvature. The one that was seven miles away should have been covered by over 32 feet of curvature. The the next one should have been covered by 24 feet. The next one 16 feet. But all four of those lights were visible. 
across that lake. And that that's that just proves again that you know the what you're gonna hear looking in the flat earth. JP, you gotta research this stuff, man. And not not uh, you have to go to specific areas. You have to go to specific areas because YouTube is now cracking down on flat earth content. Did you did you hear about that? They put out a memo last year uh, from their official YouTube blog saying that they were going to reduce recommendations for flat earth content. Did you hear about that? Yeah, they've been censoring a lot of stuff. Yeah, they've, they've been censoring bad about all, all sorts of just a lot of stuff in general. That's why we're not in a hurry to go on there with our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is it's it's pretty bad, man. Um, you know, I, I got people always sending me uh, comments or emails or leaving leaving a comment on videos. They're like, hey, man, I, I didn't even get a notification for this video. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I was unsubscribed from your channel again. I don't know what's going on. I turned on the notifications. What what? I don't know what happened. People are getting screwed with. I look at the analytics on my YouTube channel, and um, from when I put up that one video that went viral, that's when I like started making flat Earth content on a regular basis. From that date to now, I've lost somewhere around, I'll say, about thirteen thousand subscribers. Something like that. It might be more. Yeah, but but I've heard what other happened, people having an issue too. Yeah, it, it's like I, I should have somewhere around 60, 64, 65,000 subscribers whereas now I only have like 52,000 subscribers, but it it should be a lot more than that. And I keep getting like I said, I keep getting real people sending me messages and YouTube they're supposed they're, I mean, okay, I get it. That if there's a spam account, they want to uh, disable those accounts and get those off for whatever reason. Uh, if there's like, you know, a sock account, they want to disconnect those accounts. But I have real people on a regular basis coming to me saying, Hey, I was unsubscribed from your channel. Uh, I just had to resubscribe. I appreciate you. But I mean, you got to ask yourself if flat earth is so ridiculous, if the earth is really a globe, if all this science is backing it up, why censor it? Why, why censor it at all? Why is it that, um, you know, th these commercials have to come out with this stuff? Uh, I just saw, just saw, let me see, what commercial was that? I, I can't even remember. It was one by, um, shoot, I just, I just did one. It was like a probiotic <laughs> of some sort. I forget the name of it. They, they had to do a real quick little hit piece on Flat Earth. Uh, the ad was Flat Earth, Zero Science, um, whatever they're selling, the name of their company or whatever, um, you know, 100% pure science, something like that. Like, why even take the shot? Why Why was President Obama in front of audiences so many times saying, we don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society? Why, why would he even say that? And, and he said it multiple times, things like that, you know, um, he like what's what's going on here why is it that jimmy kimmel wants to send somebody to the flat earth conference just to uh make a mockery of things you know we're getting a lot of pushback 
for some reason or another, and I feel like it's because we're actually on to something and that the mainstream doesn't want people to figure out about Flat Earth because I'll tell you, once you figure out that they lied to you about the shape of the Earth, the next question that people are going to ask themselves concerning the powers that be, well, if they lied to me about where I am, where you're going to live your whole existence, what what else did they lie to you about? What else would they lie to you about? And the obvious answer is everything. They would lie to you about all of it, right? Right. Yeah, but I just feel like it's just such it's such an elaborate game to I like I, I know a lot of people might be getting paid for it and things like that, a lot of money involved. But I just don't understand just like why. Like nobody can change the fact. It's like it, it's like trying to tell people that water is wet. It's like why? Why why just water is wet? It's you know what I mean? Why not just come out and be like the earth is flat? Oh no. Well the thing is like if people understand that the earth is flat and you know observe how things work okay the globe model has an answer for everything the flat earth model doesn't have an answer for everything but it's got an answer for a lot a, a lot of the basic stuff like um you know how we have a 24-hour day how how these moon cycles it's 28 days you know the sun or the moon goes from full to waxing waning new moon and comes right back again it's a 28 day cycle how we have these years um 365 days how we have four seasons it's like like clockwork but we're told that this order comes about from an explosion out of nothing now I'm I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm not. Um, but I've never heard of an explosion actually creating order. Just just think about that for a second. Um, what's something that's really really simple to build? Uh, let me see. A table, <laughs> a table from IKEA. Think about yeah. that. Think about think about yeah. a table from IKEA. You set off a bomb. Okay, you set off a bomb in a junkyard. This junkyard is composed of screws, wood, uh, you know, boards, and, and all that good stuff. You set off a bomb. Do you think it's going to be able to create a table at some point? Like, what what if you what if you explode that bomb a thousand times? Do you think it's going to create a table? At, like with any of those explosions what if you set what if you set off that bomb a million times do you think it's going to create a table oh. <laughs> i mean i mean but, obviously well, well well no that, that that's the thing but, do I, the, think that, but I think if you can set a bomb and destroy a life like you know dinosaurs ever i i do think that life will come back okay yeah life Life can come back, but but what we're saying, what they're saying is, the belief in the globe it all originates from the Big Bang. And right. so yeah. so it happened and, and destroyed all the dinosaurs, but life will come back, and here we are. Okay, but when does it, yeah, but when does an explosion create? 
an explosion does not create order. Explosions create chaos, if anything. So, so something would have had yeah. to play a hand in this whole thing. Like an explosion created this system where we live, where, um, you know, I, I know that it's going to be winter for three months. I know it's going to be spring for three months, summer, fall, and it's just going to go be like clockwork. We're going to have these 24 hour days. We're going to have this 28 day moon cycle. We're going to have a year that's 365 days. Um, you know, we're going to be able to, uh, um, look at okay we're going to be able to calculate when there's going to be an eclipse things like that we're going to be able to calculate when Halley's comet is going to come back around things like that you know um that that's all that all falls under the category of order and explosions like the the theoretical big bang in my mind it doesn't doesn't create order explosions don't create order that's just where I'm at with that. Uh, I see they create destruction. Exactly. Life. Yeah. Creates chaos. Well, I think, yeah, I think no matter what in this episode, we're going to guys that believe and guys that don't. Um, it's just the way it is. But uh, I appreciate you coming on with this information. Uh, I want to um, ask you if you had to, one fact or one thing that you're very confident in is, as far as flat earth what would you be your one thing your one counterpart counteract for that that there's no measurable curvature (laughs) that's that's my that's my one thing that there is no measurable curvature we see way too far um you know every time that we go out to uh to, to test the curvature, the curvature calculation for the globe model, it fails every time, every time we go out to try to test it. And a lot of people, uh, they rely on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> that one time that those guys from the Discovery Channel supposedly proved that the Earth is a globe. Um, we've I picked apart that video. A few other people picked apart that video. The people that participated in that, one of the people worked for NASA, uh the the later her name was joy uh the one lady she was a scientist and they were billed as three normal people they were not normal people they were actually um they were handpicked they were hand selected to get out there and put on a good performance and support the globe but my number one thing is that there's no measurable curvature if you're telling me that i live on a globe that i live on a giant ball there has to be curvature somewhere that's the that's the main thing just like uh the the bolivian salt flats uh there's a place called solar del uni del uni something like that uh in bolivia these salt flats they're like uh 4000 4000 miles um 4000 square miles something like that and it's it's known as the world's largest mirror or god's mirror <laughs> something like that because the, what what happens at these salt flats when it rains, it completely it just covers the whole surface of the salt flats with just a few inches of water, and it looks like a huge mirror as far as the eye can see. And the only way that you can achieve that perfect reflection is on a surface. So, lack of curvature. That's the yeah. 
I, I see your point. I, oh, man. I, I feel like I have, like, justifiable arguments, but at the same time, I feel like I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, well, let me ask you one more thing. Like, say, sure. so, so you have a telescope. So you can see way into space. You can see stars, correct? Mm-hmm. So if you took that same telescope and you shot it across the ocean, I should be able to see all the way across. Well, there's going to be some issues. You can zoom in on the stars. You should be able to zoom in on another country. Yeah, you, you'd like to think so. But there's going to be issues with uh, being able to... Um, you know, get your visibility at that distance. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, for one, yeah, I'm just, I'm we, confused with this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. These are questions that we all get. Um, as far as not being able to see across the ocean, you know, there's um going to be atmospheric distortion in the form of rain, fog, smog, dew, snow. Um, you know, the temperature of the water that's going to cause atmospheric distortion. Um, you're just going to lose, you're just going to lose your, uh, visual acumen, <laughs> your, your visual perspective at some point across the water. So you're not going to be able to exactly, uh, look across the water and be able to see a whole lot. You're going to lose it. Uh, and a lot of people yeah. don't, don't even look at it like perfect this. weather all the way across the road. Yeah, yeah, it, it would have to be like a, it would have to be, yeah, basically perfect weather where it's going to be low possibility of uh, atmospheric distortion, refraction, and such. It would have to be cold <laughs> all the way across, and uh, you would have to have, uh, you know, pretty good lighting to be able to see all the way across the ocean like that. Um, so there's that. Mm. What else you got? And then, then there's, the, then there's the perspective. You say say what now? You're, you're telling me on this a little bit. A little bit. JP's about to get a tattoo of a flat earth. Well, this, this is the about. one subject that I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not buying <laughs> any of it. I, I believe some <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm starting to believe a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have another drink, man. Sit back and relax. Let's talk about the ISS for a little bit. <laughs> okay, so so look, uh, another an, look, look, another um, another one of these aspects about the globe that I don't get. Okay, there's space. Okay, for, from what we can tell, uh, space is pretty much non-existent in the form that we've been told. Like being able to travel to these other planets and all that. That's that. What we're seeing in the sky is just lights, basically, or luminaries, wandering stars, they call them. Uh, but as far as, though, you know, being able to get up and go to those planets, that's, dude, that is not happening. Not at all. So, um, yeah, well, here, here's the thing it's like, okay, so, so think about this. Think about this. Um, you ever been at a point where you're on the phone with somebody and you lose signal? Has, has that ever happened? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has, right? Okay, so uh, yeah. what happened? <laughs> like, like, like what happened? Because um, 
you know, there's supposed to be all these satellites orbiting around the Earth. There's supposed to be like 2,000-some satellites orbiting around the Earth, and you're supposed to be able to just bounce signal off of those things, you know, at any point. And you shouldn't ever lose uh, signal because all those satellites are up there, right? But a lot of people yeah. don't know that uh, 90 to 95 percent of international communications is conducted from uh, underwater sea cables. It's like these these big, thick cables are under the water, basically connecting from one continent to another. And that's where the Internet traffic's going on from there. As far as the cell phones go, you know, that's why they have the cell phone towers. You know, the signal bounces off of these cell phone towers. You know, um, radio signals travel in, um, you know, in a straight line, just like light. So, you know, they they tell you that these satellites are up there, but actually, what we're told are satellites. They're um, they're connected to these weather balloons, and they're launched from Antarctica. And there's video, <laughs> there's video of them launching these uh satellites. We call them satellites <laughs> because they're not they're not actually orbiting. Yeah. Because they're out in space, just orbiting around the Earth, you know, they're they're attached to these large weather balloons, and uh, you know, they'll yeah, I mean, there's something up there, but they're being attached to these weather balloons, and they're just bouncing signals that way. But it's not because you know Earth orbit or space or anything like that. And then you got to think about you know how exactly do these satellites get up there, and how do they constantly just stay outside of the Earth's gravitational pull to where they can stay in space and they can still float around, but they don't get pulled in, you know, pulled back down to the Earth, you know, without, um, you know, with, with, you know, they're, they're not being pulled at, pulled back down, you know? They, I mean, they, they have to find, like, a perfect, perfect spot in between Earth and space to where these satellites will stay in orbit, but they won't be pulled by the Earth's amazing gravitation be pulled back down to the earth like like everything else apparently you know um but but okay so so you know about the international space station right <laughs> okay so 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 uh you know i looked it up earlier today um getting ready for this uh conversation you know i looked it up the international space station right now they say that that thing is manned by three people right now the iss is the size of a football field okay size of a freaking football field and it's being maintained and operated by three people right now um bullshit yeah <laughs> i mean that you know i'm like that that sounds crazy in itself because if you think about it um you know the average military submarine has like a crew of like hundreds of people <laughs> on that submarine to make it functional. You know, you've seen the movies where um, there's the commander of the uh, the submarine. There's a guy on the little computer. He's looking at the screen, looking at the little radar detector. There's the guy on the other side. He's doing communications. There's the other guy. He's, you know, making sure that the pressure of the um, thing is operational and all that there's like multiple people in this little room there's like eight different people in this room uh on these movies where you know you're having a conversation with somebody inside a submarine and then there's like dozens and dozens of guys outside of that little operation room but you're telling me that um the international space station 
which is orbiting around the Earth seven over 17,000 miles per hour now out in space in the vacuum of space is only being manned by three people manned and operated by three people that's that's crazy to me yeah that doesn't add up yeah that doesn't add up that's that doesn't make any sense right okay but but then but then here i'll tell you man look look it up international space station type in go to google type in the search Speed of the International Space Station. They're going to tell you that the International Space Station is traveling 4.76 miles per second, equaling 17,150 miles per hour. JP, how is it that something the size of a football field is orbiting the Earth 10 times faster than a speeding bullet? Tell us. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, freaking magic, <laughs> if you ask me. But there's no, look, there's no construction. There's no videos showing the construction of the International Space Station. You know, they, they got it right the first time around, you know. Um, you know, they, they flew these components up there some way or another, and they were able to dock with the International Space Station. And this is what happens when they do these rocket launches from the Earth. Okay, you hear about these astronauts? We're, you know, we're sending up a payload specialist, some more supplies, and a couple more astronauts to, you know, tap tap out this crew, and they're going to take over for the next year or so, um, you know, at the International Space Station. So you're telling me that some way or another they got this rocket up to a speed of 17,000. 150 miles per hour, they were able to dock this rocket with the International Space Station and then have these astronauts do this smooth handoff. And then the other astronauts, they hop into a little capsule and they just come back down to Earth like there's no big deal. Well, now, what do you think about, like, uh, once you get outside of the atmosphere, there's, uh, like, air resistance or anything like that that's so super fast like it is it's it's not really you know what i mean it's like it's like running your arm through air versus running your arm through water like it's, it's easy in the air and if there was no air then it really wouldn't be difficult hey hey you, you'd like to think so but but here's the here's the other thing all right since they're since they're out in the vacuum of space we have to ask ourselves another question, and this has yet to be explained by the scientific community, but we're all just supposed to believe it. Okay, now I got to ask you, other than the Earth, can you give me an example of an enclosed system existing next to a vacuum without a physical barrier? Can you do that? I thought that's what the atmosphere was, though. No. Like a physical barrier. No, no, the atmosphere. No, a physical barrier. That's a physical barrier is solid. Uh, you need a solid physical barrier. That's why they have these vacuum chambers. Um, you know, it, it's like a couple feet of concrete, metal, steel. You know, and then a door that has to be, you know, um, you know, you got to shut the door in order to pressurize the room or depressurize the room, and then you got to suck all the air out of there. But there's got to be a physical barrier around that room to create that environment to make it a vacuum chamber. Ice you know wall. what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> well, now, now, if there was no physical barrier, then 
where does our air come from? Like, wouldn't we be sucked into space? Or you're saying there is a physical barrier? I'm and saying that's why that... we have. No, what we have. What what I'm, what I'm saying is that according to the globe model, okay, it doesn't uh, make sense. It doesn't make sense that we're able to breathe because our oxygen would be sucked out into the vacuum of space. That that's right, what so I'm the, saying. So we do have a barrier, like a dome. We do have a dome, is what you're saying. Yeah, I I, I do believe that we're in an enclosed system and that there is something like a dome uh, that covers this place. Absolutely. I mean, because we're we're breathing pressurized air air right now you know um uh vacuum here you you remember that movie space balls you you remember that <laughs> okay okay so so all right so, so 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 you remember at the end of it when they actually uh told the truth a little bit they had that uh had um lord helmet's uh spaceship turn into mega maid <laughs> remember and then yeah. um she pulled out the vacuum and then like went to their atmosphere and what happened? It's like they turned on the vacuum and that like sucked out all the air, right? Like everybody was gonna die because that vacuum right. was sucking out sucking out all the atmosphere. That's what we would we would expect. That's what we would expect from uh, you know, that situation. But on that planet, on that movie, they had a solid barrier, right? There was a solid barrier around that planet. Uh, you know, kind of keeping them away from that vacuum. So they kind of slipped up and actually told the truth in that movie in, in how we would all freaking, um, we would all suffocate, you know, if we were subjected to the actual vacuum of space because all our air would be sucked out. But that's not what happens because, well, we're on a flat earth and <laughs> we're in a pressurized system. And that, it's, it's, Kind of scary that it makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> Trust right. us, JP. <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, damn it. I, I do. We're going to get matching dude. flat earth text. It, no, it's cool, JP, man. Just, you know, just relax and, you know, just, just. Just think about it, man. Just think about it for a while, and, you know, you're going to go through the same stages that we all went through, man. I went through, you know, I mean, it's just like uh, the stages of grief, you know, the denial. No way. No, it can't be flat. Uh, the bargaining. Okay, look, if you can prove that it's flat, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Then you go through the uh, the the anger stage get away from me you retard i know it's not flat you, you know what i'm saying we go through all these stages and then eventually you come to acceptance eventually you come to acceptance you know that that's what happens man like we all go out of the matrix man. yeah yeah i mean because if dude here think about this you don't trust the government what do you know about project paperclip you heard about that one yeah, I've heard about it, yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I've definitely heard about it. Okay, so what happened uh, during Project Paperclip, that was after World War II, um, the U.S., they basically, um, basically, uh, what do you call that? They kind of absorbed uh, the vast majority of Germany's uh, scientists, a.k.a. Nazis. Recruit. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, they assimilated Germany's top scientists. Uh, you know, they didn't, didn't want all that scientific research and intellect to go to waste. So they absorbed Germany's Nazi scientists. And one of those scientists by the name of Werner von Braun, um, one of the Nazi scientists, he ended up being the head of NASA. Uh, you know, in the rocket science division and all that, you know, he, he was he was the head guy in charge. So NASA has a Nazi in charge of, of the whole operation. All right, wrap, wrap your brain around that. Now here, now here's the thing. Uh, Werner von Braun had a had an assistant. Uh, when he was dying, like the last four years, there was a lady who was taking care of him. And one of the things that he was telling her on his deathbed was uh, one of the last things that they're going to do. OK, they're going to try to um, scare people with the idea of uh, foreign, foreign, uh, a foreign boogeyman. You know, we're going to scare them with terrorists. Uh, we're going to scare them with um asteroids you know we hear hear a lot about that we get all the stories talking about um you know at least at least a few times a year an asteroid the size of texas just barely missed whizzing past the earth you know what i'm saying if it would have slammed into us this is what would have happened here's a simulation some cgi to show you the terrible destruction so you know we, we always hear about asteroids just nearly missing the earth but never has one of these things actually come and hit us and they even made that movie armageddon based on that crap but there's no huge asteroid on the way to earth so he told her about asteroids and terrorists and all this and he said that the final thing that you're going to want to do is a fake alien invasion he said that we're gonna you know and of course it's all going to be a lie um so we're, we got to keep people believing in aliens and we're going to strengthen our military uh, to a point to where we can defend Earth from extraterrestrial threats. So think about that. Now, what, what's Trump been talking about the last couple of years? Freaking Space Force. Right. Space Force. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, so. So, I mean, what, what he what he was saying is basically, you know, unfolding before our eyes. But here's the thing. Werner von Braun, that Nazi scientist that was heading NASA, uh, when he died, he had a Bible verse put on his tombstone. And uh, that Bible verse was Psalms 19 and 1. And that Bible verse, uh, it, it goes, um, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Now, what's the firmament? The firmament is a uh, reference to the dome over the flat earth in the Bible. That's what that that's what it's referring to, the word firmament. Now, you have to ask yourself, why is it that the director of NASA, this Nazi, <laughs> this Nazi director of NASA would put on his tombstone a Bible verse referring to the firmament? Why would he do that? Any ideas? Yes, and it's a it's like an Easter egg to what's really going on. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, man. I mean it's it sounds like a deathbed confession if you ask me. Um but yeah, but yeah. here and here's the thing about those secret societies, man. If you I mean you can you can find this on online, right? Um you look up the Masonic Oaths 
and all that. You can look at just like the first three, uh, first three degrees of masonry and uh, the oaths that they have to take. It it talks about the punishment if they tell the secrets of Freemasonry, like punishable by death. So, you know, it's like uh, if, you know, if I violate this, I can have my tongue pulled out and thrown into the burning sands of the desert or I can, you know, have my throat cut from ear to ear, some crap like that. It's like in these oaths and these these guys, uh, the NASA astronauts, they're Freemasons. You can look that up. Buzz Aldrin, um, Neil Armstrong, those guys were Masons. They were part of the Masonic Brotherhood. And you can look that up online. And you can see their certificates and everything. Um, and they're sworn to secrecy. And, I mean, you know, that that's why, um, you know, Neil Armstrong, he, he, like, after they went to the moon, supposedly, he gets back. And he only did a few interviews. Like, he would barely be out in public. He didn't want to talk to anybody for so long. Um, and... You know, he got he he became an alcoholic because he was walking around with that heavy secret. Like, dude, we didn't go to the moon. They'd say I'm gonna forever go down as the first man to walk on the moon, and I know we didn't walk on the moon. He knows that they didn't walk on the moon. You know, Neil Armstrong, in all actuality, was probably a good guy that found himself in a bad situation and took that oath that he couldn't violate or face, you know, heavy consequences. So, you know, I was wondering if they were, if they like recruit these guys and you tell them, like, yeah, this is what we're doing, you got it, but when it comes down to it, they're like, actually, this is not what we're doing, and kind of keeping this, you know, down low. Or, yeah. or if it is, I mean, if, the, if it's a poison they know from the start, like, hey, this is what we're doing, we need you in on this. I always wonder about that. Well, well, it's like uh, in NASA, in those different departments, man, it's like they um, keep things compartmentalized. Like, you know, the, the guy that works in the IT department doesn't need to know what's going on with the people working in the department monitoring the weather. You know, the people building this part of the the satellites don't need to know what these the folks in the mailroom are doing, you know, things like that. So it's like on a need-to-know basis. So nobody has like the big picture and as far as they know they're looking at a screen and um they're monitoring this screen for this mission and they can't tell whether it's a simulation or not you know they're just excited man i work for nasa you know i got on my nasa shirt i wake up in the morning make my make my sandwiches <laughs> you know and they're having a good old time they're like yeah you know and that's like a status symbol <laughs> yeah i work for nasa you know and, and they're just happy to be there and they already believe in the globe. So they don't really need to be convinced. It's just that they, they only know about what's going on in their sector, but the people who have the big picture, no doubt they're part of uh, one of these secret societies where they have to uh, take an oath. No doubt about it. But everybody, everybody, doesn't, everybody saying, doesn't have to be convinced though. I think what you said ties into the Denver airport conspiracies because there's, staff there that are completely um just work there they don't give you and then there's people that know the truth of what's going on there that are higher up yep. it's the same thing with nasa and all big corrupted organizations see that would yeah. make sense because you don't have to get 
so many people to try and keep alive. It is. I mean, they just like you said, they just, they just work there. Need to know basis is, is a good way of saying it too. It's just why waste time on guys and and ladies that just that don't matter. Low in the totem pole, just keep it yeah. to all the top people and let everybody <laughs> just live in their little bubble. Yep. Pretty much. God damn. Bro, I've, I've been living in mail for so long. <laughs> I need to get out of here. <laughs> right, right. I'm not mail guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, They're other than that, man. Do, uh, yeah, go ahead. I want to do that uh, new segment. Uh, you're our first guest to do it with uh, it's JP's new segment. He's super excited about doing All right. Yeah. It's what's happening with JP. Tell us what's happening. Yeah, just kind of like some uh, current news things, some things I've been reading about. Like, uh, uh, this is kind of a dark subject, but you know, been a lot of shootings and whatnot. There, there was a there was a shooting in Germany recently where a guy shot like nine people, and then he went home. He shot his mom. And then he shot. And then also, there was another guy that ran a car into a group of people there in Germany. I don't know what's going on in Germany right now, but it seems seems rough. I don't know if you've heard about this. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard about the one where the truck ran into the crowd of people. Yeah. I don't know if they're tied together. What 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 have you heard about this? What why is this just people just being crazy as usual, or is there something behind it? I didn't oh. hear about the Germany stuff. Well, you know. You know, if you, I'm, I'm not just a flat earth guy. I'll, uh, you know, dive into a conspiracy uh, with no problem. Uh, if you've heard of uh, oh, yeah. programs like the Monarch yeah. program, um, MK Ultra, Mind Control, um, you know, store, stuff like the Manchurian Candidate, you can um, take a person, you can fracture their um, reality and give them alter alternate uh, perspectives or alternate um uh, characteristics, you know what I mean? Alternate personalities. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, and you can compartmentalize those people and you can give them a trigger and, you know, you can call them, call them on the phone and you can say a few different words and that's going to snap going to go do some crazy stuff. Like I actually believe that type of stuff is going on right now. And it's documented that those types of things on you know where people are undergoing shock treatment like even to this day there are people there in these um facilities where they're having their minds altered uh as far as shootings uh the school shootings here as far as the the guy driving the vehicle into the crowd over there in germany or shooting up the people like that you know i believe that that could be part of it, but I, I um, looked into uh, those those things, you know, those, those particular events. But those programs do exist. Those mind control programs. Start with MK Ultra. <laughs> That's like the most popular one. Now, uh, I like that you're into other kind of conspiracies. Not as far as that. I'd like to have you on for another show. This is uh, I don't know if you've heard our podcast and some of the other stuff that we covered, but we we'll try to cover range of just yeah, it'd be great to be back. I just like just talking about just crazy stuff in this world, like things like that, or what else, what else happened in the news? Uh, 
Weinstein, he he got convicted. He oh. uh, and it's kind of strange. He kind of strolled out of there with the with the show that he's been putting on, and then no Walker. <laughs> yeah, he just, it's a miracle. <laughs> hey, bro, you could do miracles happen. Well, and then miracle, also, on, on his way in there. Yeah, and, and well, on his way out, he got taken to the hospital, supposedly, right? Just yeah. he forgot his walker, and he <laughs> kicked in. Right, right. Baffles. Yeah, uh, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna end up being suicided, or he's gonna die in some kind of stupid bullshit reason, and they're gonna go reload him somewhere else so he can go live his life on yeah. an island. Why, why didn't he didn't kill himself? Yeah, <laughs> man. Just just just, just like Epstein, just like Epstein, because um. And, and here, here's the thing. It's like, uh, as far as Weinstein goes, good, good. I'm, I'm glad that he's uh, going to jail from for those counts of rape. Um, but I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that he's not being held accountable for. I mean, he should have been locked up a long time ago. But then, beyond Harvey Weinstein, we need to look at who was around this guy. Because there were so many people who knew about what the you know the stuff that he was doing to these ladies uh, once he got them alone, you know, um, I mean they they were they were they were protecting him. Yeah, yeah, they would turn turn a blind eye to his uh, criminal activities, to his perversions and all that, and just kind of let it slide because he's this powerful media mogul. No, no, screw that, man. <laughs> you know, the guy needs to go down. Period. Yeah. So, and that that here that that type of stuff is what's causing people to have less faith in the the system that we're all in because we look at it like you know these these people with all this money and all this power they can get away with a whole lot more stuff it's like there are multiple tiers of the judicial system you know uh if i were to you know be accused <laughs> or if one of you guys were to be accused of raping you know five different women um and they all came out and said yeah he did it um how 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 long do you think you would be able to hang out in a hospital before you get locked up <laughs> oh, bro, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be locked up that night yeah you, you would be locked I'm up like <laughs> yeah i'm saying look after the first woman came around and said you raped her you would be in jail and then the other four <laughs> they would they would have to take turns waiting for you to come out so they could you know have like tack on more time to you while you're already locked up like you wouldn't you wouldn't have all this long drawn out trial where you no know, this is this bull crap man just like uh hillary clinton <laughs> with her email server her, her private server at her home and all that come on man you know, if if you if any of us had done that stuff, we would have been locked up. Where's Hillary? Wherever she wants to be right now, because, you know, there there's a different system, man. Uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know and how much money you got. One of the bad things that's going on with the Hollywood situation, too, is uh, one of the victims, Rose, Mc, Rose McGowan, I think her name is the actress. Mm-hmm. She said that um, she can. With a million percent, she can name a good twenty other people that are like Harvey Weinstein still in Hollywood. So wow. he's just one of many. That's wow. there's still a ton of them out there still preying on women, taking advantage of their situation and power. It's just a dirty, dirty world in Hollywood. Yeah. We, we had a guy who's had an experience yeah. with, with that, and it it's crazy. <laughs> What's yeah. her name? Uh, yeah. 
she's 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 been down that road and she's an actress and comedian out in la and she's got some uh, she's coming on again soon to tell us some more dark hollywood stories from her personal experiences and her friends experiences it's gonna be a good yeah what else has happened in jp uh last i got this kind of pertains to you the flat earth uh oh, i forget his name but he he flew a rocket, tried to fly around there to prove that the Earth is flat, and he he didn't. It, it was unsuccessful. Okay, yeah, you're you're talking about Mad Mike Hughes. Okay, now, um, yeah, about Mike, about right. about all about old Mad Mike. Um, he wasn't really a flat earther. He wasn't really um. He distanced. <laughs> excuse me. He distanced himself from the community. Meaning that he, he didn't. No, no, man. I, I look, dude. dude I, I wake up at four thirty in the morning. You know, I hit the gym by five. You know, I work all day. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a bodybuilder. I used to do competitions and all that stuff. So you know, I, yeah. I put in work. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you yeah got more man. Drive I, than I do. Yeah, I might, I might, uh, Shit. yeah, I'm uh, actually on day 28 of this 30 day ab challenge. My, my, my midsection is looking really crisp right now. <laughs> you heard that, ladies? You heard it here. Yeah, man, when are you going to put a calendar on? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, uh, I, I, I'll only be on one month. Yeah, I've been waiting for uh, the community to come out with a flat earth calendar. I was trying to be Mr. October or something like that, but you know, it's all good. Little little some photo ladies. But but no, man, about Mad Mike. Um he wasn't a flat earther, honestly. He he um was a daredevil and he came to the flat earth community uh, basically asking for money um to help him with his uh projects to become you know like a you know further his whole daredevil thing with uh his steam-powered rocket he wasn't doing that rocket launch to um prove that the earth was flat that's not what he that's not what that was about he was just a daredevil he you know had a homemade rocket and he wanted to test it out but um the community um you know led by a couple of folks they uh, kind of sponsored Mad Mike, as it were, and put a sticker on his rocket that said "Research Flat Earth." And uh, that—that's—that's about—that's about the immediate twist me, bro. Yeah, that's about the extent of it. He wasn't going up to prove that the Earth was flat because, I mean, uh, the rocket—the rocket didn't get any higher than like two thousand feet, something like that. The rocket got about 2,000 feet in the air, and I mean, the commercial airplane is going to get higher than that. They get a cruising altitude, altitude of 32,000 feet, and I always get a window seat when I fly, and I fly a lot. I can tell you that. I just I just got off a plane a couple of days ago. Um, you know, and looking out of the window, you can't see any curvature out of the window of an airplane. Uh, Felix Baumgartner, um, his whole Red Bull edge of space jump, you know, he, he, he was supposed to get up high enough to to a point where um you could see the earth's curvature and um a lot of people thought that they did see the curvature of the earth because they were using these wide angle cameras that use that have like a fisheye lens so it kind of inserts artificial 
curvature into the background. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> at a discussion at South by Southwest, uh, he was talking about Felix Baumgartner's edge of space jump. And I mean, he got up to like 117,000 feet. And Neil's talking about how, no, you wouldn't be able to see any curvature. I mean, it, you know, you're not up high enough. You know, so yeah. if you're not, if you're not up high enough at 117,000 feet to see any curvature, um, you know, there's no way that Mad Mike's little steam-powered rocket was going to get high enough to prove anything. So no, he wasn't. He wasn't trying to prove that the Earth is flat. He was a daredevil that had a sticker yeah, on his rocket. That's it. Yeah. That guy is a uh, mad. What is his name? Mad Mike. Mad, mad Mike. Mike. The guy's a badass and some serious balls to go into a homemade rocket. That's freaking nuts. Man. Oh, yeah, you, you see how you know, yeah. doing crazy shit he stood for, so more power I mean, to him. Well, well, the thing is, it's like he was kind of in it for the attention. He wanted the fame and the money and the women. That, that's what he wanted. But I mean, like he um he he got publicity for his uh, rocket launch a couple years ago, and from that. Uh, he got a documentary on Netflix uh, called Rocket Man, I believe it was. He was done. He was featured on a spot on Tosh.0 with a uh, comedian Daniel Tosh. Um, and when he was filming this launch last weekend, uh, this was for another show on the Science Channel, I believe it was. And uh, you know, they were pretty much like, "All right, I guess that's the end of that show," you know, when it didn't work out. But yeah. I mean. You know, he, he didn't he didn't represent the community. I can tell you that. He didn't he didn't go out and do experiments. He didn't make observations. He didn't put up videos to try to explain different points of flat Earth like uh, myself and so many other people do. It, it's like he, you know, he he wasn't he wasn't right. part of the community. You know. Well, thanks for clearing that up too, because I'm sure a lot of people are gonna use that as more leverage. Against oh, Earth. oh, definitely. Uh, they they did it on the Breakfast Club. Okay, yeah. Well, I I think we got six questions coming up. You know it, man. You're you know the program. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, we did about two hours. That's pretty good. We'll um we'll jump into the six questions and then um uh, I just got a cat. adopted a cat today. And uh, it's trying to walk on the laptop. So, awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, that didn't mess anything up. Still here? All good. Still there? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Okay, six questions. Number one You have the power to make one law. Which law do you create and why? All right. <clears throat> the law that I would create uh, it would go something along the lines of no organization, company, or industry will have the right to govern and oversee its own affairs concerning investigation into any and all potential misconduct committed by individuals, individuals of, said of said organization, organization company, company, organization, or industry. And yeah, I would... Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, you send me the questions, man. I'll, I'll put some thought into that one. I'm like, yeah, because look, here, it's like, um, uh, you know, organizations being able to do their own. We, we have our own internal affairs division. So you're going to let Ronald McDonald be the food inspector 
at your McDonald's restaurant, basically. You know, so like like you got an insider and they're like, all right, you know what? Upon thorough investigation by ourselves, we found that we've done nothing wrong. I mean, you're just inviting corruption by by doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. That's a great point, man. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Number two, what three words would you choose to describe yourself? Uh, reliable, punctual, and human. <laughs> um, uh, reliable because, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, friends and associates that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm that, I'm that one friend that you can have that uh, if you call me and, uh, you know, say, Hey man, um, I need you to meet me at this location, uh, with 500 bucks at this time, I'm gonna ha- be there with the money, and I'm gonna be like, "What's up, man? You all right? Is everything cool?" You know what I mean? I- I'm like that that reliable friend uh, that people have. I'm punctual because, um, you know, I I, I hate being late. I, I always want to be on time uh, when I can, uh, and-, and I just think that's kind of tacky. That's been something that I've worked uh, a lot of my time. Um, you know, I, I uh, fit in in the military pretty well because I was always, you know, a stickler for being on time to appointments or formations, things like that. Um, you know, if there was a place that we needed to be somewhere, I'm always like early or I'm on time because, I mean, it, it just it just creates a, uh, you know, it, it goes back to that whole reliable thing, you know, uh, and then human. <laughs> um, I'm human in that uh, sometimes, you know, those things fall apart. You know, so I'm not I'm not perfect and I can admit that I'm not perfect. I got my own issues. I've got uh, faults and flaws uh, like anybody else. And uh, I'm, I'm human enough to admit that. So, yeah, that's that's my words. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier, too, when we first asked you those questions about the moon phases, the solar stuff. And- you didn't know you didn't have a lot of confidence in those answers. And I really appreciate you admitting that too. That that goes a long way with unknown these episodes. I know our listeners appreciate that too, not being bullshitted through. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a politician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. What do you want to be remembered for? Um I like to be remembered for encouraging people to think outside of normal societal paradigms. Um, and, and I mean, that's part of this whole flat earth thing, but let, let's, you know, think about that. Um, the world needs people who don't fit in. The world needs people who don't fit the, uh, societal mode of thinking, you know, because you, you think about, think about, you know, whatever your top five favorite movies are and, uh, what happens, I'm going to guess if there's, they're in, an action movie of some sort it all comes from a character that's not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing like a rebel to some degree like you think about like uh the matrix you know the the people who are actually trying to change the system are the ones who aren't doing the same stuff as everybody who's still plugged into the system so you know i want to be one of those people who encourage people to think outside of the box as it were Number four, what is something you like that most people don't know about you? 
Bowling. I love bowling. <laughs> really? uh, I, yeah, I actually used to be on a league team uh, when I was in the Army. I have my own uh, my own shoes, these black and white Dexters, and I got my own customized ball with the holes drilled for my fingers and all that. It's got Spider-Man on it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, uh, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that I love bowling, actually. One of my favorite things. I suck at bowling. Yeah. You, uh, I'm a lot more better in my first game. It, it gets worse as it goes. Yeah. 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 I, I've, I've noticed the technique. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have any technique either, really. I'm a, I'm one of those um, straight bowlers. I have to bowl it straight, man. I can't do all that curving stuff. That's crazy. That's crazy to me when I see people like throw the ball and they put the crazy spin on it and it gets down to the end of the lane and then it just twists off to the side. I'm like, that's that's craziness, man. I don't know. I don't even know how you do that. But um, yeah. So that's my thing. <laughs> Number five, if you could have any superpower, which would you choose? Dude, teleportation, obviously. All right. So 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 so. Okay. Oh, okay. So stay with stay stay with me for a second. Okay, consider how much time we spend doing things versus how much time we spend getting to where we have to be in order to do those things. Now, it's like you think about think about if someone you care about needs your help and you're like stuck at work. If you can teleport, then poof, you can be right where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Able to lend a hand Um, in seconds later. You know, if you if you're stuck somewhere, I mean, you know, or or. Yeah, I mean, just any situation like that, just being able to get get home to be spend more time with your loved ones. Uh, if you have friends at a distance you'd like to spend some time with, you can teleport there. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about a, a Uber Uber ride. You don't have to worry about a train, no airplane ride. You know, just think about it and you're there. One minute you're in Japan, the next minute you're in the Caribbean. Like, teleportation. Come on. Yeah. Dude, for me that would be awesome because I have IBS. So when I need to go right into the bathroom, bam, oh, <laughs> Nightcrawler next minute. That's, wow. what, that's what I'm, dude. I'm, I'm so jealous of Nightcrawler. Um, that that guy in that movie Jumper. I hate that guy, <laughs> but you know the premise was the premise was sick. Just being able to just go anywhere on Earth, like in like no time. That's awesome. So yeah. All right, my man, last one, number six. If you could know the absolute truth on one conspiracy theory, which would you choose and why? Um, now, now this might not be a conspiracy theory, but it's still like we, we don't have it locked. We don't have it pinned down just yet as an absolute truth. Um, in my opinion, the origin of humanity is still a topic that is still up for debate. And there's a lot of theories surrounding humanity's beginnings, like how we got here. There's some people thinking that we were seeded by an ancient alien race. There are some people who think uh, it was uh, Inky and Anlil started this whole thing, uh, started this human population, created a hybrid uh, human population in order to mine gold for them, something like that. There's, you know, the Big Bang Theory. There's the biblical account, what I would want to know as an absolute truth above all is who are we? How, how did we get here? And what are we supposed to be doing? You know, that's a, <laughs> a very good, um, conspiracy to actually lock down. Uh, 
the existence of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's like the biggest one, and um, you know, it'll it'll get a it'll get a, give us an idea about you know like what we're supposed to be doing here because I mean it's like it seems like <laughs> it seems like nobody knows like what like what the hell are we supposed to be doing here, dude? You know, are, are we supposed right. to be living living from paycheck to paycheck? Are we supposed to be working for somebody else's dreams? Are we supposed to be uh, trying to work out our karma? to even it out so we can ascend or are we supposed to be trying to learn lessons from previous lives are we supposed to be uh you know taking the the religious spiritual route um you know going by whatever different religion people prescribe to like what 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 are we doing here you know I, i'd like to know that uh with definiteness yeah that's good that's like the secret to life yeah that, yeah, that answers a lot of other conspiracies all in one too. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day and uh, talking with us and turning me further to the flat earth side. <laughs> hey, yeah. no problem, man. Um, hey, here, check out check out some of my uh, most recent videos. Um, on my channel is called D dot Marble D Marble. Um, you know, check me out on YouTube, man. I did a couple of presentations the last few weeks to uh, clear up some of this stuff uh, as far as the the sun, uh, the seasons um, and all that. The cool thing, the cool thing, JP, there was a phone call that I did uh, with two guys. There was one guy. He was in England and the other guy was in Australia. So it was like one in the afternoon in Tacoma. Okay, I called my dude Matt in the UK. He's looking off into the distance. Um, he's looking west, and the sun's going down. All right, I'm in Tacoma. It's one o'clock. The sun's like right above my head. It's like high noon. You know what I mean? So, I, and I do a video chat. I do a video call with him. He shows me that the sun's going down on the horizon, but at the same time, the sun's above my head. And then I get off the call with him, and I call my dude Luke in Australia like minutes later uh and um he's he's looking to the east and he's watching the sun come up now wrap your head around that so at the same time i'm in tacoma the sun's above my head matt's looking at the sun go down in the uk and luke's watching the sun come up in australia now now this this plays in that whole perspective thing like the sun stays at this constant height just think about about those street lights again you know the street lights matt's matt's looking like off into the distance the lights are at the same the same height but it goes down into the horizon where i'm at the sun street light um is high in the sky and then luke's looking at the same light and it's really low on the horizon but it's on the way coming up where he's at dude it was crazy so it was like 9 p.m yeah. in england 1 p.m. in Tacoma, and it was like 6 a.m. in Australia, and we we're all looking at the sun, you know, the light from the sun at least at the same time. I got video of it, man. Like I, I had never seen anybody else do that, and I had that idea because I was on Twitter uh, one afternoon at work, and um, this guy in Australia he posts a picture of the sunrise. He's like, "Oh, the sun's beautiful sunrise in Australia," and I saw the timestamp on it, and it was like three minutes. Uh, after I had actually looked at the picture. So I'm like, he put up a picture of the sunrise in Australia three minutes ago, 
And then I look up and I'm looking up at the sun. I'm like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, wait, hold on. Good thing to end up. <laughs> yeah, dude, check it out. Check it out, man. Um, yeah, this check me out on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, dude. Uh, you you'll see. It's it's like my my last uh three or four videos. Um, it, it's it's a couple of videos. It's one of them. It's got like road signs on it. And then there's another one I did. Um, uh, it was one about perspective seasons, the sun, and all that stuff. And then there was another one I did uh, just recently. But yeah, check check both of those out, man. It, they answer a lot of questions. Oh yeah, the other one was um, about why. Um, let me see why the Apollo uh, pictures from uh, the moon why they're a huge red flag. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you why, man. You got to check out the video. It's only like 15 minutes, though. Yeah, that's cool. We're definitely going to watch it now. I'll share all these links on the actual post for this episode and on social media so get the listeners to check out your content. Sweet. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks again, Daryl. We had a good time. It was a pleasure having you on. Look forward to having you back on sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Have a good night. Thanks for having me on. See you later. All right, take care. I got a bad feeling about this. Billions of 